I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. It's Robin Crane here with Sandy Forster, all the way from Australia. I know that's horrible. How dare I do that? But I had to, I had to try. Um, So Sandy went from welfare to millionaire and was featured in Oprah's Aussie Secret and loves inspiring and empowering women to break through their blocks, attract abundance, and experience time and money freedom to do the things that make their heart sing. Um, her award-winning international bestseller, How to Be Wildly Wealthy Fast, has been translated into over 11 languages and banned to over 1.4 billion people because it was too empowering. I think that's awesome. It's like, bring on the haters. You know, if you get that much negative press, it must be really good, uh, which is kind of freaky. Anyway, we're going to talk about money mindset. And even though you're in the financial services industry or insurance and you're thinking, oh yeah, I need this for my clients. You probably need it for yourself too. So this is something you can benefit from and help your clients. So welcome, welcome to the show, Sandy. Thank you for having me, Rowan. I'm excited to speak with you today. Yeah, so good to have you. Last Aussie I had was Canadian. So it was very, is very rough because I was like, where's the Aussie? And oh, now I knew she was Canadian, but she lives in Australia. So um, yeah, tell us a little bit, what the heck, welfare to millionaire, how'd you do that? And um, I'm sure that's a phenomenal story. If it was good enough for Oprah, it's good enough for me. <laughs> so I'll try and put it in a nutshell, but basically um, I met a boy in high school. We went out for 11 years, got married. I had two children. I was doing it like a hobby business on the side. I was just designing and manufacturing swim and gym wear. And I used to sew all winter and then sell it all summer. And uh, when my youngest was six months old, my husband and I separated. And suddenly I had to make the money to pay for everything. And my hobby business just didn't cut it. And I ended up getting further and further in debt. I ended up closing that business and I had no idea what I could do. But the one thing I absolutely loved was personal development. I loved learning and listening about how other people had created success and were living amazing lives while I was, you know, sitting around $100,000 in debt, non-welfare, <laughs> getting $15,000 a year from the government, which... Let oh, me wow. just calculate that for you. That was at the time seven and a half thousand US dollars. So it's wow. not a lot to live on. So I was going further and further back. So I loved, yeah, loved everything to do with personal development and loved, you know, just getting inspired and getting motivated. And so I developed a positive mindset, but everything changed when I discovered the law of attraction, which I know for some people might seem a bit woo-woo out there. But honestly, um, I think we live in such amazing times because science is validating everything that, you know, spirituality and the woo-woo has been kind of sharing for decades. 
And so I, I realized that I could change the way I thought. And if I rewired my subconscious mind, then my actual world would change because we have the ability to do that. And so I did. I just dived right in to neuroscience, law of attraction, did everything I could to change the way I thought. And that's exactly what happened. I went from welfare to millionaire. And now my absolute passion is showing women all around the world how they can do it too. Because honestly, I figure if I can do it, anyone can do it. That's awesome. So it cut out a tiny bit, but we'll just deal with that's what happens when you're all the way in Australia. But um, you said you went from, so you welfare to millionaire. How long did that take? From welfare to millionaire. Okay. So I was, let me think, uh, I was on welfare. I discovered the law of attraction. Things started to change. I kind of went on a roller coaster for a while. I started to make really good money. Then I really struggled. And then I started to make more. And then I still had a dip and up and down. And probably it took me a good, probably from welfare to millionaire, a good four years. Was I the first person that ever asked you that question? No, I feel like I almost stumped you there. No, no, no. Other people ask me, but I'm not good with numbers. My math is yeah. really bad. You're not so good with numbers, like, but you are oh good with God. money. She's making That's me awesome. do math now. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Well, no, I, I'm very specific about certain things, but um, but that's pretty crazy. So when, when you say millionaire, does that mean you were making a million dollars or you got a net worth of a million dollars? At that time, so let me think. Again, you're making me do math. This is not good. It's <laughs> six o'clock in the morning for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I know it's six o'clock in the morning for you Aussies. I'm just curious, like if how people say when I, you know, went from like, I mean, if we're going to talk to financial advisors, I might exactly. as well just they ask want to know the details. Okay. Let me yeah. Let I me mean, be. I like the details, but like, let me tell you my side of it and maybe you can calculate. <laughs> okay. I'll do okay. the math for you. All right. So I was in this business, like I, I woken up one morning with this name in my head, wildly wealthy women. Now at the time, I was working with a uh, financial advisor. She was a financial advisor, accountant, uh, asset protection expert. She was all the things, like all the practical things. Mm. And um, so we were working together. We were promoting a course based around real estate and, you know, making money. And while that was good, that wasn't really my thing. I I had been trained as a coach, and so I decided that, you know, I really wanted to bring that into the mix. And I woke up one morning with a name in my head, Wildly Wealthy Women, went online, registered a domain name. And then about three or four months later, we were both, me and my business partner were both in the US at a seminar for this um, course that we were promoting. And I said to her, I've got this idea, you know, this, this is great having this practical course, but For me, being able to ask you questions all the time, that's the thing that makes all the difference for me. That's the thing that, like, I'm a question asker. I can't move ahead unless I know the answers to things. So I'd love Mm -hmm. to put together a program that was based on, yes, the practical side, the real estate investing, but bring in the mindset, bring in some of that. And then you can share some tips around financial advising. And we'd call it Wildly Wealthy Women or we'd have Wildly Wealthy Women's Wicked Weekends and we'd have live calls every week and you'd share all your information and maybe once a month I'd share some mindset stuff. Anyway, 
She said, yeah, that sounds great. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so I started. Count me in. What do you do the work? I'll yeah, yeah, you do the work. I'll, I'll just jump on board. So basically that's what we did. So, <laughs> so I went ahead and I created this program and I started getting the word out and I found someone to try and kind of let everyone know and we got some stories on TV and and I created a website all of a sudden. And basically what happened is we had something like uh, 750 women join in about a four-month period. And it was a, a three, I think it was three, is it three, nine or two, nine? I think it was three, 9,000 um, per person. So that was like a lot of millions. Okay. So you how, do that. How much? You do the math. <laughs> how much it was, was it? 3,000 or? Three, yeah, 3,000. Make it three because I can't remember if it was two, nine or three, nine. So make oh, it three. Okay. So it's around yeah. three grand and you got 750. Yeah, that's that's two and a half yeah. million basically. Okay. So there I, you go. And, and I might not be doing the math right, but seven, well, if it was a million, 750, that's a million and a half. So yeah, about two and a quarter. That's cool. Yeah. And, the, and the thing is, remember, this is an online business where you've got no overhead, that's, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. So like, that's insane because like there's so many steps that happened in between there, which is like my... My marketing brain really wants to know, but I don't know that's going to benefit everybody else because you you had to get that many. I mean, to get 750 people to buy something at around three grand, like you had to get way more eyeballs. Yes. So what we did, just so you know, yes, we got um, we got some stories on a lot of marketing to get there. Well, not really, because we, as I said, I got a couple of stories on TV and some magazine and newspapers picked up stories and they did a few stories. And so what I did was organize live events in a couple of the capital cities. Oh, so we don't okay. have, you know, hundreds of capital cities like you do. We have like, I don't know, eight or something. So we did um, five different cities and we had like 600 women showing up at each capital city to, to hear what we were doing. And out of all of those women, 750 joined. Wow. And, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So. So tell, let's go backwards because again, for me, I would want to know all about those details, but I don't think it's going to help anyone else. So it's not about you, Robin. Um, so, but I, what I do think that will help everybody else is really run the money mindset because it's just, um, it sounds like it, it was an overnight success and everybody knows there's no such thing as an overnight success, but like to some degree, like things started to take off because you had these ideas. And so I want to know the money mindset stuff of what you teach and, and what works where let's say, forget about you for a second. Cause now you're the guru. And now, you know, as much as you're the guru, everybody listens to you, but no one believes you, you know, it's like, I know that you did it. Of course you're you different. did it. Cause they know you. Yeah. When you were on welfare, you know, it's like, I, I don't, it's like, I believe you, but I don't. Right. And then somehow you did it, but it's like, can you help other people do it? So give me an example of just someone that's gone through your program or programs that really what you teach or what you taught them as far as money mindset and like the steps to take that allowed someone even to go from, you know, 10,000 to 20,000 or 20,000 to 50,000, you know, like the, 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 the initial little jumps that are actually quite big that lead to the millions. Yeah. Okay. So let me think. So I've got a one woman called Chantelle, who is a kind of a business strategist and she was making one to $4,000 weeks in her business. And, you know, she was, she felt like she was doing pretty okay um, but she had a dream to buy a house. She really wanted to buy her own house and she separated from her husband. She was, you know, didn't have a partner. So she was really keen to do something herself. 
And so she went through my program. And instead of doing one to $4,000 weeks, she started doing eight to $16,000 weeks. And she was able to get enough money together to buy her own home on the river. Mm-hmm. And she sends me pictures. Awesome. And so basically it she didn't do anything different in her business, but what she did was she changed the way she thought. She changed the way. Right. Let's the do it. Line. Like. Let's do it. Money mindset me. Do you know, by the way, Natalie Ledwell? Because she's also Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Natalie. So Natalie, if you guys haven't heard that podcast, she was on episode, I just looked it up, 92. Um, This was back in October of 2022. Manifest your way to success. Um, Another Aussie. We're going to just rack up the Aussies here. Um, But she's amazing. She talks a lot about similar stuff, law of attraction and mindset. And I'm not necessarily just money, but... Tell us some of the principles, some of the things that they can listening now, they can walk away with. And when I say they, I mean me, because um, yes. <laughs> I want to, I, I actually am like super into the law of attraction. And I, I just went on this vivid vision retreat. I had um, another podcast recently. I had uh, Jennifer Hootie on, I'll look that one up in a second, but Jennifer Hootie talked about vivid vision and, oh, here it is. Uh, episode 120, um, just back at May 3rd. Um, check that one out too. Episode 120 on May 3rd, uh, 2023. But she, she talked about vivid vision. I went to her vivid vision retreat. And so like, I'm a mat, you know, visualize, and I believe in all this stuff. Like I believe the way your, you know, thoughts create your beliefs, your beliefs influence your behaviors, your behaviors influence your success. So like, I'm a big believer, but my challenge is always getting myself to, actually like not get stuck in the negative thoughts or like knowingly like, okay, I gotta, I gotta like see it, believe it and do the work that will imagine that allow me to imagine it and create it and make it happen. Right. So what are some of your techniques? Because like we, we need the how I can believe it. I can believe it. I can believe it. You obviously have a course, you have work that teaches you how to do it. What are some of the main principles of how you manifest this stuff by in, you know, whatever your money mindset stuff is. Yeah. So I'm a huge believer in marrying the practical with the metaphysical. I think you can go out and do a lot of doing, 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 you know, all the strategy, all the practical, and yes, you will get results, but unless you've got the mindset working with you, you can self-sabotage, you can make it really hard for yourself. But then on the other side of the coin, you could be sitting around meditating um, and affirming till the cows come home. And unless you're actually taking action, nothing's going to happen. So when you join the two together, that's where the magic happens. So, you know, in my programs, I always teach, and it's really funny talking to a whole lot of, you say, financial people, because I feel like, like I came into this thinking, they're going to think I'm some sort of freak if I start talking about law of attraction. <laughs> but obviously you're into what's so that's probably weird. not my people, because I'm a bigger freak in the scenario. So as long as I'm the biggest freak. Freak, nobody cares. Um, no, I, I think a lot of what's interesting, just to pause on that, but like what's interesting is I think, and I don't really know who's listening. I would love for you to send me an email and tell me who you are and why you like the show. But um, I think that they're very open because in the industry, it, they're sick of the male dominated industry that's being taught one way. And there's very little focus on mindset. There's very little focus on any Uh, strategies that are truly aligned with women's values and what's most important to them. And I really think there needs to be an entire paradigm shift in the industry, not just women, but 
um, advisors as a whole, where the way that we attract clients, way that we do sales and marketing and, and, and business is shifted because um, women especially are not aligned with it, but also it's not benefiting the end user, the client as a whole, right? So um, I think the women who come in my world, they know that I'm a freak and that I'm different and, and, <laughs> and crazy. And so they're open to those things because that's the path to the, to becoming the person they're meant to be, to attract what they want. So this isn't the first time they've heard this type of crap. Uh-huh. I mean, the stuff. Um, but it's, it's definitely not normal in the industry, but it is normal in my community. So normalized. normalized Yeah. So tell us some of those strategies. So this is really interesting because when I first partnered with my business partner, she's not my business partner anymore, but when we first partnered together, we were selling this course and I, I was in a mindset. She was not, not at all, not in the slightest, like even when I got a, a friend to talk a little bit about mindset from the stage, she said, oh, you know, shook her head and thought she was a bit crazy. And yet she came to me one day and she said, Sandy, I really want, because she was living just in suburbia. And this is a financial planner, asset protection person, like all the practical. She said, Sandy, I really want to live on a beautiful property, you know, drive down a driveway and have this gorgeous property and build my dream house. And I said, I'm going to create you a guided visualization. So I did. I I asked all these questions, created a guided visualization where we went. And it was really cool about um, four years ago, I was invited to a, um, a, was actually a meditation session at her place. And it's really funny because I arrived there. She's got a seminar. She has this place that she actually says to me, Sandy, I curse you to this day. Why didn't you, when you created my guided visualization, say that I had a paved road? Because in it, I said, <laughs> you drive off the main road down a gravel road to your property. And that's exactly what gravel. she does. Oh, my God. Yeah, and so, but she's got that's this hilarious. beautiful big property. She made enough money to, to buy this beautiful property, um, acres and acres. She's actually built an entire seminar room, like a massive seminar room that holds hundreds of people, gorgeous thing. And so I'm laying in that seminar room thinking, you know, how amazing that, this person who's very practical, all in the money, that was her thing, came to me and asked me to help her to manifest something. And now she's totally into the woo-woo. And, um, you know, she yeah. just, actually, I was just speaking to her yesterday. She is now uh, sailing the world for three years. Her and her husband sailing the world. What bought, bought a yacht, I think, in the UK, sailing back to Australia, But what she does is they're sailing the world, sailing slowly back, but every time a seminar or something that she needs for work happens, they just fly home, do it, fly back onto the boat, and away they go. So, so, you know, I know. So visualisation is probably one of my most favourite things. Like I teach a squillion things. I, I love learning, applying seeing how it works in my life, sharing with others, seeing how it works, and then teaching it to everyone. So I I do a lot of different things because I love all that mindset stuff. But visualization, I think, would be probably my favorite because it really transports you to a different place. And when you're doing a visualization, and if you're doing it the way that I teach, you really get into it. You're not just seeing but you're really in the moment and the feelings that you feel as if you're living that ideal life and you're surrounded by abundance and you've got choices and possibilities and you've got so much freedom. That is a really cool, like that is so cool. So visualization is probably my most favorite thing. 
Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then, I mean, what I've learned around this visualization is that, yeah, the more senses you can, you can be attuned with the more light, you know, the easier it is to actually create, but um, also that it's, you, you put yourself up there as if it's already happened. It's either in the present tense or like, you know, I have like, I'm living um, at the beach and I have these glass windows that I, I can see the, from my windows, I can see from every room, I can see the waves crashing, you know, and I hear you. So the more you can put your, your senses to it, I hear the waves crashing and, and in the moonlight, you know, I can see like the white water exactly. touching the rocks, or, you know, something it. like that. Yeah. Right. So it's all yeah, the stuff. I gotta, I I gotta people, work on that's starting people, with me for, for but people start to, when they do a visualization, they close their eyes and then they see a movie of themselves or, you know, whether they actually see or whether they imagine, but they see this this movie of themselves, whereas you've got to stop doing that and you've actually got to step back into your body and you've got to look out as if you're in your body and you've got to be in your body in the visualisation rather than seeing yourself in the visualisation. How do you do that? Because I I always, like, I, I feel like I want, someone said that the other day to me, I feel like, or maybe it was something I heard, I don't know, on a podcast something but I feel like I heard something like like it was when you visualize you actually see yourself like you see yourself in a movie not from how you see yourself like when you're dreaming or in in from your eyes so like it's hard for me to even know because I'm kind of seeing it but I'm kind of not like I see it and I don't really see me I don't think but like do I like can I look down on my hands like you're actually in the movie like maybe for instance if I said to someone okay you want to see you want to imagine yourself in your dream house, do a visualization about you being in your dream house. So you would imagine that you're driving up to the driveway and you can see your hands on the steering wheel and you get out of your car and you walk up to the front door and you see your hand on the front door and you feel the cold mm-hmm. crispness of that front door handle and you open it up and you walk in and you can feel the tiles or the carpet, whatever it is under your feet and and, you know, you look to the left and you look to the right and you, you see the things that you can see. So you're not watching your body move through. You're actually in your body right, right. looking. That That's that's more powerful than just watching you on a screen. It's weird. It's weird. Okay, good, good woo-woo stuff. Okay, so one, visualization. Can you give us two more top, top? Because I hate to say everybody knows that, but like most yeah, people know that. Knows. There's some secret that you could tell us that maybe no one. I think, I mean, yeah, I don't know. think it's a secret. I wouldn't say it's a secret, but it's definitely something that is really powerful that people just kind of underestimate. And that's um, the reticular activating system. So, you know, we've got this little spot at the bottom of our, um, what do you call it? Base of our skull. Amygdala and or something? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's a um, reticular activating system. And what happens, it's kind of a gateway between the conscious and the subconscious mind. And what happens mm-hmm. in life is if I was to say to you right now, well, what can you see? You could probably list off thousands of things, like thousands right. of things. It would take you days to actually list everything. So I could say I could see a computer and I could see you and I could see a light and I can see at the windows and palm trees and I can see the roof of my house and I can see the tiles and their light colour tiles and dark colour tiles and the yeah. palm trees got light and dark and on and on and on. Like I could literally go on forever. So our our system has been wired so that rather than take it all in and then our brain just explode, our subconscious says, okay, this is what is important. So only let this in. 
So the way that works when it comes to money is if we're reading about the economy crashing and we're listening to crap on TV about things going south and we're talking to our neighbours about how prices are going up and we're complaining to our best friend about the cost of blah, 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 what we're doing is we are training our subconscious mind that this is important, this is what we need to look out for. And so when we go out into the world and our conscious and subconscious mind is all being filtered out and our subconscious is only letting through to our conscious mind what is important, we've already told our subconscious mind what is important is not having any money, economy crashing, prices going up, blah, blah, blah. And so we create that. That's what we see. Whereas when we begin to do all the different things that I love to teach, like affirmations and visualization and and creating vision boards and doing releasing processes and tapping and like a million different things that you can do to, to begin to put your focus on what you truly want, what happens is when you think about abundance, think about prosperity, think about being rich, think about living in that dream house, driving that dream car, making a difference in the world, donating to charities that you want, when you think about all of that more of the time than what's actually happening, then you're letting your subconscious mind know this is important. So when you go out into the world, what happens is you begin to see things that allow you to create the abundance and bring in the money and and create that dream life and buy the house and make a difference. The bottom line is it's woo-woo, but it's so scientific. We get the choice every moment how to do it. Yeah. That's awesome. So. I, I think for financial professionals, especially like, I guess this is to follow up that what you just said, a follow up question to that is like, so how do you do that when you, ha- you have to be knowledgeable about what's going on? Like, like I am one of those people that is not knowledgeable about what's going on because for ex- those exact reasons, except that like, I'm also not drawn to it. I never liked watching the news when my mom talks like, this is horrible to say, but like my, my, I was, um, I was celebrating my dad's 80th birthday in Denver a month or so ago. And, um, my, we got in the car with my brother and he was talking about shootings like schools and he, we both have young kids and like, I couldn't handle it. And like, he's like, well, you should be aware of it. You need to know. I know that stuff's going on, but like, I don't want to know the specifics of like, I can't, I can't even go there. Like, it just makes me so scared to think of any, God forbid, anything happening to my children in a school. Like I, the thought of it hurts me so much just thinking about it that like, I would rather avoid it till the cows come home. Like I don't watch the news. I don't pay attention to what's going on. I get my news sometimes from, you know, advisors telling me, Oh, the bank's collapsed. Or, or, you know, I, I do have some mentors, you know, so, so like when I know what's going on to some degree, but I try to not pay attention as the financial advisor, that was not a good quality. Because then like, I don't necessarily know what's going on. And the way I found out, maybe my, my, my clients might say like, well, what happened with the banks collapsing or what's going on with the Fed rates? And I'm like, can I get back to you in a minute? Um, Let me go look that up on Google. Um, So they, I mean, I kind of had to train myself to know enough, right. That of course is relevant. Although I could, I could argue that, well, when it comes to financial planning, typically we're not 
we're not going to change the plan because banks collapse anyway. We're not going to, you know, change the plan because the Fed rates are going up or going down. We're not going to change the plan and like start to react just because of something happening in the news. So I can argue that point that I don't need to know everything going on because it's not going to change the course of what we need when we focus on all the stuff that's not working. But if they feel like they have to know, and especially women, I think we get scared that someone's going to point out that we don't know something. We feel like we need to know everything and they're going to make us feel stupid because, you know, we're not knowledgeable about whatever. Am I just projecting here? I don't know, maybe. But (laughs) what do like what do we do? Like, do we know about it? And then just don't like, then we have to focus on what we really want and all the good things happening like 10 times as much just to compensate. (laughs) Or is it okay to just kind of say, yeah, like I don't pay attention to that stuff because actually you're not, you're not retiring for three years or 30 years. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Good question. And you know, it comes down to the individual. So for some people like you and the shooting, you don't want to even know about it. You can't even go there. I'm the same. I don't want to even go there. Some people love to just dive into all that crap and like whether it's financial or anything, they just love talking about it. My mower man came around the other day, mower my lawn, comes up and says, have you heard what's happened? And I said, oh, what's happened? He said it was on the news. I said, oh, what? Then he started telling me about something happening in America with the banks and they're going to close the hospitals. And it's like, I said, I said, hang on a minute, wait. I said, that's not going to happen. And if it happens, it's not going to affect us. It's like you need to just take this. Like it's all going to be okay. Like it's like the bottom line is, and I think when people are working in the industry, not my mom, man, but when they're working in the industry, yes, they can know, but it's whether you then put energy into it, like whether you then stir your emotions up. So you could hear about, and all those things that you said, my brain is like, what is she even talking about? like fed something, I don't know, but whatever, some, say something's crashing. U.S. Okay? talk, say, U.S. talk. <laughs> yeah. So say something's crashing, something's going down, something's bad. Yeah. Yeah. You can either listen to that and be aware of that and know that and, and let that go, knowing that you actually have the ability to create abundance regardless of what's going on. Or, and when you do that, then when you focus on, yes, I have the ability to, to, to yes, that can be happening. But people need to understand, I'm sure financial planners and financial people know that there are more millionaires created when things go south than when things are going right, really right, good. Right, right. So it's like, yeah, well, which yeah. side of the fence do you want to be on? They're making yeah, money you know. because they know that this can happen. It's like the last GFC I remember everyone was talking about everything going south, everything being bad, and I'm saying, look, this is the time to really focus on creating abundance because if you get your mindset in the right place when things are going really south, you will be so much further ahead of everyone else when things start to turn and you'll be able to create great abundance. And, you know, I I still believe that. It really boils down to how you're feeling yourself in the moment, how you're actually reacting emotionally to what's happening. And yes, you can take the information in, but if you don't take it in emotionally, then it's not going to affect you. You're not going to create it because emotions are what give your, um, your thoughts and the things that you want to create, give them energy to actually create them, whether it's positive or negative. So if you're not putting emotion into it, then you're not going to create it. Oh, it's so good. That's great. And that's the challenge is like the constant game of, of beating your emotions and not letting that get to you. And the reframe of like, 
wow, what an exceptional opportunity. I remember I'll just end with this because I know we got to go, but, um, I have a mentor, Alex Sharfin. He was also on the show. You can look him up. He's amazing. Um, but he was saying that it doesn't matter. Like he's, he, he, he talks about the entrepreneurial personality type. He's all about entrepreneurs. He thinks entrepreneurs will save the world, change the world, do everything for the world. Um, and one of the things he said is like, it doesn't matter what's happening. Like all the bad things, whether it's banks collapsing, whether it's, uh, he's very aware of it, but he doesn't put a lot of energy towards it, but he's, whether it's base collapsing, whether it's, um, global warming, whether it's, you know, whatever he's like, entrepreneurs will solve it. We always have, and we always will, you know? So it's like, he sees it as like, it's just a fact. These, these things that aren't perfect, let's say are, are happening, but like, it's all solvable problems and like, we're going to fix it. And it's almost like, you know, we, we, we find the good and everything. And like, like you said, I think that's a really good point is, Millionaires are made when the markets are down. Millionaires are made when there's there's tough economies, and it's it's going to be whether you choose that this is going to be a a problem or this is going to be an opportunity. You know, as one of my other mentors said, he's like um, that uh, that uh, what do we call it? Um, oh gosh, why can't I think of it? But just the markets, I guess. Not that it's a fancy word, but markets are designed to go up, and like it's going to go up. The market will go back up. It always has. And it always will because it's designed to go up. Even the fed, you know, in our case in the U S like, we'll, we'll make that happen. So it's only just a blip in the system that we can take advantage of. And what an amazing opportunity. So thank you for your perspective. That was phenomenal. Tell them where to find you, Sandy. Uh, you can find me at wildlywealthy.com. Um, but if your readers do want to dive into the woo a little bit and would love some uh, affirmations and guided visualizations to really start that mindset, that money mindset happening, they can go to wildlywealthyfree.com and I've got some um, audios there for them. Ooh, I'm going to get myself some of those. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us on Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.